Guys, do you want thicker, fuller hair? Do you desire lustrous, luscious locks that you can run your fingers through? Maybe a full head of hair makes you feel attractive. Perhaps a full head of hair boosts your confidence and self-esteem. Whatever your reasons, if you have started to experience hair loss, there is good news. Because there are effective, FDA-approved treatments that work. One is a prescription clinically proven to prevent further loss. The other is clinically proven to regrow your hair in two to four months. And both are available from Roman for just a dollar a day. Just complete a free online visit. Roman connects you to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional who will work with you to find the best treatment plan. Then Roman sends everything you need right to your door with free shipping and indiscreet packaging. So guys, are you Roman ready for a thicker, fuller head of hair? Go to ro.co slash fuller. Do it today and Roman will give you 20% off your first order. That's ro.co slash fuller. <laughs> It's time for Early Break with Sip and Jake, brought to you by Gaina Trucking. Live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America, here's 93.7 at Ticket's Jake Sorensen. Did seem kind of meh. And the Lincoln Journal stars Steve Sipple. Surprisingly good. This is Early Break with Sip and Jake, sponsored by Gaina Trucking. Welcome back to Hour 2 on a Wednesday. Steve Sippel, Jake Sorensen, early break, fun show so far. You got the podcast at theticketfm.com. I'm still trying to compose myself after what Sip has told me about the movie Barry Monday during the break. Yeah, there's a scene in, it in particular that Jake thinks is funny when it's a men's group, and the men's group, it's a men's group that has deformed genitalia. Uh, and there's some that's where start off with is that <laughs> and there's a scene in there that's they have like a a, a, men, a support group for men with deformed genitalia and it's it's a pretty funny scene yeah. Scooter We're McGavin Shooter McGavin yeah. Shooter McGavin Christopher McDonald's is actually yeah Christopher yeah. McDonald is the counselor yes and it's 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 I mean it's like like Your I tease say, itself about what the group is is uh, discussing is is should tell enough about how this the vibe, this goes. yeah, the vibe of the movies Raising Arizona. If you've ever seen Raising Arizona, so it's the movie's interesting because it's it's equal parts sort of funny, but it's also kind of heartwarming. You know, it's it's a feel, it's sort of a feel good movie and a quirky with a quirky sort of uh, strange you know strange plot. Patrick Wilson. We should do a movie review at some point. Very much. It's very good. It's very good. It's a really good movie. Thank you. I got to take deep breaths because it makes me laugh so yeah, much. Yeah, I like that. You saw me on the ground over <laughs> here for a second. Yeah, the folk, I was telling Jake stories about the focus group. and it, or, I, I, It's not a focus group. It's a support group, Jake. Support group. Yeah. It's a support if any of you out there have seen Barry Monday, I'm sure you know what Sip's talking about, what has caused me to have on-the-ground laughter <laughs> during the breaks I of wonder, the show. I wonder how many people have seen Barry Monday. Uh, Barry Monday, yeah, Barry Monday. Who, who has heard of Barry Monday? Real good, real good, real strong, real strong movie. Uh, Corey says the cast is outstanding. Just looked it up. Good job. You showed me the cast. Yeah. I didn't know anybody hey, besides Shooter McGavin. Okay, thank you for saying that out loud because people need to hear that. How could you not hear, have heard of Billy D. Williams? 
I, I Corey, might have. Corey, Jake has not heard of Billy. Well, I, I, I probably have seen him in a movie, but yeah. but even Patrick Wilson, I, people kept sending me the picture of him. I said I, he looks familiar, but I wouldn't like know. Oh, I know that guy. Yeah, well, I can't say I did either. So, so yeah, there we go. Yeah, all right. But he's really good. Barry, Barry Monday is the movie of our our day, apparently. Yeah, strange. Early yeah. break, thanks to sip. Well, we it. brought it up yesterday. Then it occurred to me yesterday. You never told the movie name. Yeah, we never said the movie name. So, the, so we had to do it. And I probably went a little overboard in the description of the movie, but whatever. We've I mean, talked. That's what it is. We've talked about going to space in this movie or this show today yeah. so far, yeah. for for a couple years. Yeah, years. for three years. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, we talked to Sean Callahan, too. A lot. There's been a lot of ground covered here. Now we're going to cover some more. Let's get yeah, to we'll it. Yeah, we'll talk to Parker Gabriel next segment from the Journal Star. Uh, before that, though, I saw yesterday that uh, everyone's favorite stat guy, Bill Conley of ESPN, was going through the returning production for the 2022 season for college football. And this is the his SP Plus projections. And, again, this is uh, – this this – Looks at your returning production on offense and defense. Great. Okay. Nebraska, we all know, has lost some pieces. You know, they're losing JoJo Doman, Cam Jurgens, Cam Taylor Britt, Damian Daniels, Adrian Martinez, and so and so on and so on. But Nebraska, SIP, according to these rankings by Bill Conley, is 103rd in the nation in returning production. Is that offensive production or That's, production? They, they are 92nd. In offensive production, at fifty-seven percent returning, okay, and defensively, one hundred and first at also fifty-seven percent returning. Yeah, they lost a lot. So I, I asked the question: of This, I mean, obviously, okay, you're going to usually say that's a bad thing, and I think it is probably still a bad thing for Nebraska football. But is there is there any are there any pros at all to yes, that? Yes, come on, now hold give on. Me, give me the pros. Well, there's this because you are the glass half full man. Yeah, I mean the stat. When I looked at it last night, when I looked at the rundown, it struck me as a stat that doesn't really matter that much, okay. especially as it pertains to the Nebraska's offense. Um, because of what we established, the reason I asked Sean the question about how much different the offense is going to look was partially Jake. I was like Tom Osborne calling plays in a game when I asked him that question. I was thinking about this. this I was setting no, this up. Well done. Yeah, thank you. Now, what did Sean say? Virtually the entire skill position set will look different. Yes. So what does this matter? I ask you. If Trey Palmer is going to be one of your receivers, and I bet you right now, if you if you asked Scott Frost in a private moment, what do you think that depth chart will look like on offense? He'd probably say something along the lines of, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure and, he and would. Then, and then you would say, I expect well, that. what if I said to you, Scott, that Trey Palmer, Isaiah Garcia Castaneda, Janiron Bonner um, could be your starting three receivers? He'd say, that's very possible. I guarantee he'd say that. Hmm. That's very possible. Um, now, Xavier Betts, Omar Manning. I bet you one of those guys will be the X, but I bet both of those guys won't be in the lineup. One of those guys will be the X, but I, I'm my from what I've heard, and I'm not just shooting from the hip here. I think you definitely will see Trey Palmer make a strong bid for a starting job and probably win a starting job. And I think you don't bring in Trey Palmer and Isaiah Garcia Castaneda to watch. They're going to be part of it. Now, where's Oliver Martin in that? I don't know. 
he's he maybe he can he can he can unseat one of those I mean I don't want to say unseat. I mean there's gonna be a competition. And there's gonna be a stiff competition, but they're they're all starting pretty much on equal terms with a new receivers coach in Mickey Joseph. Okay, so that's receiver. What do you think running back's going to look like? Well, you have Ramir Johnson back. That was your guy last year. Leading rusher. Yep. He returns. He he, he ran for 450 and change. I mean, you got seven guys right there at yeah. running back. But would it surprise you if one of the newcomers, no, Anthony Grant, okay. would probably be a guy that you could eat – in the spring, is going to get reps with the ones, a lot of them. And if he does well, he has a great chance to be your starting running back. You could have two or three new starting receivers, a new running back, and obviously you're going to have probably, most likely, have a new starting quarterback or a transfer quarterback, not somebody who's in the system. Yep. Okay? So that's why I say this returning production chart, do I, do I really – in this circumstance, does it matter that much when you're changing the offense? You've changed coach, offensive coaches. Does a returning production chart really matter on offense? That's why I was saying that it, it, I think in most situations it's probably a con to, to have these this many new players or players lost. From con the means a year. negative. Yes, con, yeah. negative thing. Yeah. But like you said, with, with so many new coaches in place and a new offense coming in, then Doesn't it matter. might not be Doesn't the worst matter. time to have – not much returning well, production. Well, come on, we're talking. Then the conversation gets sort of complex and nuanced because there's a part of you that would say, come on, I mean, this is returning production from a 3-9 and nine team. Right. But on the other hand, you look at it and say, yeah, 3-9 and nine team that was, I mean, my God, they played everybody close, including Ohio State and Michigan and Oklahoma. I mean, they played everybody close. It, this is not a – see, you know, I get I get a lot of the – man, you're more, way more critical of – you're much more critical of Fred than Frost. They're different conversations. That's part of it. Number one, I was critical of Frost. And believe me, I hear from people who say, get off Frost back. Now, I wasn't as hard on Frost as I am Fred because Fred is feel, fielding a non-competitive team much of the time. Can't argue that. Okay? Can't argue against that. Yeah. I mean, they've get got, they've lost by 31, by 27, by 28, by 24. I mean, they've they've gotten they've gotten rolled. Frost team never got rolled, it kept punching. Kept coming. Um so no, I'm not as I'm not as critical of Frost program as I am Fred's because Fred's is way worse. Okay, that's why. That's why. Okay, now this returning production thing on defense, ah, that's that that does. It's a little different, you know. You're you've lost some guys up front. Although you know, you want to go through the defensive depth chart. What's it going to look like? You can pretty, well, you can pretty well predict it inside or up front. You're going to have Casey Rogers. And Ty Robinson in the middle of the defensive line, and you're going to have Caleb Tanner and Garrett Nelson outside. Those are returning guys. Nash Nash Hutmacher's in there too, right? A defensive line, yeah. Um, but you've lost Ben Stilley, you've lost uh, Damian Daniels, of course. Big losses there, mm-hmm. defensive line. Yeah, and you've lost DeAndre Thomas. DeAndre Thomas. Um, Three. Now at linebacker, you're going to you're returning your top two inside linebackers and in Henrich and Reimers. Sure. Now then, then it, but but in the back end, it's you're losing three starters in the right. secondary. In the back end, it's going to get really. I mean, you've got to start. 
okay, the returning guys, Quentin Newsom, probably locked down a corner spot. I think he'll be a starter. Yeah. He, he... Did you know that yearly Medicaid renewals will start again soon? This means millions of people who were enrolled in Medicaid during the pandemic may no longer be eligible for coverage. If this may impact you, the good news is you have options. Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield can help answer your questions so you can find an affordable health plan for you and your family. We want you to feel confident you're covered. Click to learn more. Policy exclusions and limitations apply. Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield is the trade name of Anthem Health Plans, Inc. I think it'd be, it'd be a shock if he wasn't a starting cornerback. And I think Miles Farmer's going to be a starting safety. Now, who starts at safety besides him? You're looking at guys like Noah Pola Gates, Deshaun Singleton, um, what does that other corner look like? Tommy Hill, Marcus Buford. Um, I'm missing somebody in that. But, yeah, it's going to look a lot different in the back end. But I like the – I kind of like the pieces they've added. Spring is going to be critical. Yeah, uh, the the thing, I guess – Spring is – the spring has got to be ridiculous in terms of who – what new faces emerge, who's who's going to be the starting safety. I just threw out Deshaun Singleton um, – but I, but I think, I think, you know, they brought him in from junior college. I think he could be a starting safety. Yeah, I, I think so. In this, in this conversation, I think in terms of returning production this year, offensively for a unit that that struggled at times last year and, and didn't do a great job of, of the offensive line opening up holes or protecting the quarterback either. I mean, you're you have a new, a completely new offensive staff in here, right? Except for, no, except for Sean Beckton. New. Yeah, Sean Beckton. So com- pretty much completely new. Yeah, Beckton's for one, back. except for one guy. Yeah, but Becton's critical. I mean, Held's gone, Verduzco's gone, Austin's gone, Lubick's gone. Right. Four, four of your five are gone. So you're basically starting over in offense. That's why I think it's okay have- to have uh, you know a lack of production back there. Defensively, you're not starting over. You've got everybody back. Yeah, Coaching-wise. Coaching-wise. Yeah. You're not changing up the scheme, the system there. You, no. They, and in last year, although they weren't perfect, they the defense was better than the offense last season. That was your, your best unit on a 3-9 and nine football team. Yeah. So... That's where I think uh, you, you have more concerns about the returning production coming back versus rebuilding an offense that has a bunch of guys gone from well, last would year. You say, would you say, Jake, listen to me, please. I'm listening. <laughs> that they, they, <laughs> that there's enough in the front seven back to alleviate a lot of your concerns. Enough in the front seven. I went through them. Yeah, when I know. You have Casey but Rogers. You, and- lost, Damian Daniels is a big loss for the big man in the middle. Wasn't a combine. Wasn't a combine. I understand that. Wasn't but a combine for this team, he was important, clogging up the middle, yes. just like Darian was before him. Yeah, I'd say so. Now Nash Hutmacher's got a big job ahead of him. Yes, he does to replace those guys to mm-hmm. replace Damian Daniels. Yes, yeah, he does. I mean, they're gonna. It's a different. See, the conversation again gets nuanced because you're gonna play. A, you're in an even front now a lot of the time. All right, so. You know, Rodgers and Robinson are going to be a, your inside guys a lot of the time with with Tanner and Garrett Nelson uh, at, at the rush end yeah. spots. But yeah, Nash Hutmacher is going to be a big part of the equation, and you just hope he can give you the sort of production that Damian did. And I think he can. I mean, I, I think he can. Um. So and then at linebacker again, Reimer and Henrich. Reimer and Henrich. I keep saying it. Gotta you, have got, both, they have, you have both, and you and you have to have them. Both. Yeah, and you have Klarovich back. You have your top three guys back inside linebacker. Now JoJo's a huge loss. Big loss. Yeah. Big loss. Big production loss. Big. I mean, unique player. It's hard to. It's. Hard, I mean, if you just think back at what he did against Ohio State, he's so versatile. I mean, the thing about JoJo 
is look at what he's, look what's going on with JoJo at Nebraska. He's playing slot corner sometimes, guarding guys, covering guys in space. Um, he, he could play outside linebacker. I mean, he's a hybrid outside linebacker nickel. And then look what happens in the Reese's Shrine Bowl. They move him to inside. They move him inside the box. That's the appeal. And JoJo's got that. I mean, he's unique. That's why I. I just wonder if people understand how unique JoJo is. You can't. There's not that many guys that can do that. That can that can go inside the box if he has to because he's six one two twenty six. And if you see JoJo, he's stout. Yeah, he is. he's a big dude. He's a big dude. Yeah, I mean that's not. A, he's a he's a he's a. I mean, you can move him inside because he's big enough. But but you can literally put him on a receiver in the slot, literally, and he can do it. That's why he's going to play in the NFL. People are, are <clears throat> mentioning again. Don't forget the loss of Tuioti at defensive line. Oh yeah, exactly. I mean, Mike Dawson moves now moves into that role as defensive line. But Tuioti was a was a a good coach here. Tony Tuioti was a good coach for and sure. He lost Jordan Riley to go to Oregon. I'm not sure what, what he where he would have fit on this defensive line. He might have played I, this year, but maybe he went with Tuioti to yeah. Oregon. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't think Riley was going to be a big factor. I don't. We don't know for sure. He might have been, but he's not here anymore, okay. so we don't know. But so yeah, these. Well, I, once I, again, yeah, Nebraska. Though we brought this up because Nebraska, per Bill Conley of ESPN, the SP Plus rankings, he has Nebraska as 103rd in the nation in returning production this just, season. Just doesn't really concern me in a year like this, where yeah. where there's so much there's so much new personnel the only team lower in production in the big 10 is illinois at 51 percent returning yeah i mean that's it nebraska is in a position where they're going to have to win with a lot of new faces now that again complicated a little complicated it's three and nine team you know three and nine all right inject some new faces frost said he was going to do it to try to get him over the hump he did it. I didn't – I would tell you I didn't <laughs> – okay, let's be clear on something. When he said back in November, when he kind of laid out the strategy, how are we going to get over the hump? We're going to go into the portal. We're going to the junior colleges to try to get some guys to get us to help us get over the hump. Now, I knew there would be – like if you said the number 10 to me out of the transfer portal, I would have I would have thought that was a reasonable number and – expected it probably but I guess I wouldn't have envisioned at that point how massive the turnover would be at the skill or how massive the injection would be at the skill positions just the skill positions you see what I'm saying I got you I mean there's I, I hope people understand what we're saying here distinct possibility that you have a new court well you're going to have a new quarterback transfer quarterback Casey Thompson, most likely, right? No, they also bring in Chubba Purdy. Yeah, Logan Smothers could make a run at it, but come on. I mean, I will all be surprised we if expect, it's not Casey Thompson. We expect Casey Thompson to start. I would not be surprised if there's a, a running back named Anthony Grant. I wouldn't be surprised. He's got to go win it, but he's a junior college player who's going to be here this spring, and Nebraska's leading returning rusher rushed for 450 and change. It's not beyond – it's very conceivable that you could have a new running back, right? Yes, Starter. yes. Very conceivable that you will have at least two new starting receivers, Trey Palmer, Isaiah Castan Garcia Castaneda. And I would watch Janarian Janarian Gennar Bonner. Yeah, I cannot say Janarian. Yeah. It looks like Janarian, but it's Janarian. But I know that 
I know how they feel within the program about Bonner. That what they feel about Bonner is he could come in and play. Better chance than a lot of freshmen. Now Victor Jones is is signing day guy. Yeah, Vic, Bonner. Yeah, yeah. Victor Jones is in that conversation too. So guys like Omar Manning, Omar Manning, Xavier Betts, and Oliver Martin, they really got to compete now. I mean, they really, they're really going to have to compete. Uh, let's get a call from Brandon. Brandon, you're on early break. Go ahead. Morning, guys. Hi, Brandon. How are you? Oh, not too bad. You know, let's see you guys talk about the, the wide receivers, and then you're touching on the, the coaching staff and, you know, on both sides of the ball here. Um, I thought it was kind of interesting to listen to um, – oh, the shoot. I lost his name now. The LSU transfer, the wide receiver. Trey Palmer. He was talking about – yeah, he was talking about the two guys in the wide receiver room um, that really stood out to him were Omar and then Alante Brown. So it'll be interesting to see yeah, uh, how much how much competition between all these guys makes those two step up their game. But when you're talking about the coaching staff and the changes that have been made and who's done what, I think Zach Duvall has to get a lot of credit here. Uh, just the conditioning that those guys on the defensive side last year – had to be in as much as they were on the field and it kept us in game. Um, you look at what he's done in the offseason, Grant, these guys, these players do a lot of this on their own as well. But you look, and the one thing that really has kind of stood out to me, and we'll see if it pans out, you look at Jacques Gant. Last year he had that big run, and then he was, he was burned. I mean, he just couldn't go. He was gassed. You see his pictures here lately he's he's trimmed down he's he's a lean machine it looks like these days and then the fact of what thomas fedoni has been able to put on for muscle mass it'll be interesting to see how much more physically capable this team is and conditioning wise this year since they've had another uh, year under uh, duvall's watch oh yeah thanks brandon yeah um two things there fedoni thomas fedoni number one tight end recruit in the nation in his class will now be a factor so that'll be interesting to see. we don't we don't talk about Fedoni much because he was hurt he started playing late last year but only situational um, wasn't a factor at all right now Fedoni could be gigantic in this offense gigantic gigantic Vokalek same okay there's yeah I mean there's some pieces here very very interesting pieces um the other thing, Duvall, isn't it interesting with strength coaches? They're kind of like offensive linemen to me. You're only talking about the offensive line if it's doing bad usually, right? You don't talk about the offensive line a lot if it's if the things are clicking. No. But you really talk about them a lot if it's a glaring problem. It's the same with strength and conditioning coaches, right? If the team is in good shape and you don't see any issues, you just don't really talk about Zach Duvall. But you talk about Zach Duvall if you see the team right. wearing down right. and visible problems. Is that fair to him? Probably not, but that's you can't really stop the way the conversation goes regarding that. Uh, Parker Gabriel up next on Early Break on the Ticket.